Other listeners who are going through this transition into adulthood as a mom and daughter pair aren't working with school lunches anymore, mm-hmm. but the pillars behind those expectations probably still matter. Hello, welcome to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. This is our mom and daughter podcast. I'm Ingrid, I'm the daughter, I live in New York. And I'm Vicky, the mom, I live in Los Angeles. We're figuring out life from opposite coasts. Doing our best to cultivate a raw and transparent relationship that is also generous and safe. So mom, let's talk. Hi mom. Hello Ingrid. Let's talk about back to school. Yes, because that is the time of year we're coming to. It is absolutely back to school season. A lot of the country, at least through elementary school, has already gone back to school, actually. Uh, August becomes the back to school month a little bit. Some parts, do they in New York? I haven't paid attention so much. What happens in New York, (laughs) schooling-wise? I know Colorado does sort of the beginning of August, but uh, California goes the third week, about the third week of August. So we're like kind of smack smack dab in the middle of it. Yep. And we've done some back to school things, episodes before, but this time we're going to speak more specifically to what the relationship between mom and daughter is like as you are reinstating routines. Yeah. It happens through all of life. And there's, we can tell stories about, you know, it through elementary school and then probably talk more recently about what it's like, you know, as, as we're both adults, all the times that we have to go through a transition period and start something new. There's, there's always some like gears to oil again. That is good, good metaphor for a person who has been recently biking. We oiled our gears on Sunday. I went on a bike ride and yes, it makes the bikes run more smoothly. And uh, we have the marketplace to thank for and consumerism for making establishing routines a little easier. Why do you say that? Because we've been getting the flyer in the mail for Bed Bath & Beyond that has all the college dorm things that you might like to buy. And Target has the whole back to school section right now. It's kind of fun because uh, kind of like in the movie, You've Got Mail, I'd like to send you a bouquet of sharpened pencils. Yes. And scotch tape. is color coordinated and it's cheery. It's not cool. Like they depict in You've Got Mail. It's still really hot. Remember the beginning of the movie? She was already wearing a sweater and tights. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I thought you meant cool as in like. No, 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 no. The temperature. I always feel grumpy going back to school when it's 85, 90 degrees. That's hard. It's hard to want to establish a routine when the temperature doesn't change or when the temperature is so hot. One of the the ways that I remember you reestablishing routine when we were elementary schoolers, you know, so often it's easier to start there. And then we sort of talk about the way it devolves as we grow up. (laughs) We had a clock that you wrote our chores on the the fake the clock face when we were little. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting down for family meeting right before school started and you would like get down the clock again even though it was up all the time in our our house and would like re-talk us through every year like remember why we have this clock what does it mean to like be in each section I think we changed the sections a few times when we were really little it was like just like make the bed like brush your teeth and you know the 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 tasks we had to do before breakfast changed slightly but I always remembered that as like a very intentional reset button of re-establishing what the expectations were for the school year Mm -hmm. and yeah just like being really explicit about the fact that this is a change in routine again yeah 
it's helpful, I think, to think about it ahead of time. So it's not a surprise. So you kind of start formative to like, conversation. Yeah. So that's in my DNA. I can't get away from it. You shouldn't. <laughs> it's really helpful. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's super valuable. Yeah. So and that is, again, like a really tangible, practical example of something that is is a good probably like pillar of how to live anytime you're going into a new transition because it would have been really easy to not have that sit down conversation as a family and not get out the clock to restate the expectation. But then there's a whole bunch of unspoken expectations where you and dad get up for our first day of school and we get up for our first day of school because it's exciting. And then four days later, we'll quickly snowball into everyone's late for breakfast and et cetera, et cetera. And Mm -hmm. um, a few times a year, you would like reset us down and have that conversation again. But the more universal rule to pull out of that is that when you're coming into a transition, you need to have a formative conversation to Mm -hmm. vocalize the expectations, Mm -hmm. even if those expectations haven't changed technically from last year. Mm -hmm. It was always the same expectation. It was a literal restate of the expectation. This clock has not changed on your wall. (laughs) The expectation is the same the whole time. That doesn't mean you can write off the responsibility to have the hard conversation to begin with. Mm -hmm. Going back to school still means that you should give each other the benefit of vocalizing your current expectations again. And like reminding each other you're on the same page and on the same team. Yeah, that helps. Do you remember whether or not you felt like you had agency in the expectation? Like, well, I actually only need 10 minutes to get ready and you've allotted me 20 or anything like that. Could I sleep in 10 minutes later or anything like that? Did you ever remember having that conversation or no? I think with the original clock, I don't associate that because the original clock was like preschool clock with like primary colors on it. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm sure that we had, actually, I know that we had conversations about that later, like once I was in middle school and those Mm. were tricky in general because I was in middle school, but Audrey was still in early elementary school. So we kind of had to like walk the line of both things. Mm -hmm. I know that they were at least a couple conversations, maybe by high school, of us being like, I really don't need that much time to get up early. But either way, your expectation remained the same, which was, I would like you at the breakfast table by 6.30 because we value family breakfast together because that's the meal we've decided to sit down together and have. Mm -hmm. So I think there were some conversations by high school of you being like, okay, you can do what you want before 6.30, but the expectation is that you're in the breakfast table, a wide awake, aware, enthusiastic <laughs> at 630 in the morning. It wasn't 630. It was 6.50. I have to correct Whatever you. it was. <laughs> sure. Okay, 20 minutes. Me. 20 minutes makes a difference at 630 oh, in the morning. it makes a huge morning. difference. And maybe that was it. Maybe I have 630 because we got up at 630 and we're in the kitchen by 6.50. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. I, a time. Again, it's feeling time. We've talked about this before. And um, a lot. some people have very good awareness of what a minute is, what 10 minutes is. And some people, it's really abstract. So having the visual cue really helps to say, oh, okay, it's been 10 minutes. I need to hightail it into the kitchen kind of thing. Yeah. And time management is only one of the things that are is like a pillar of going back to school or mm-hmm. in general resetting an expectation. Yeah. Because the other things that you were saying in that elementary school conversation was, here are my other expectations. I have a value 
of sitting mm-hmm. together as a family for breakfast. Mm-hmm. I have a value of you being cognizant enough to have some kind of conversation before then. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, the value of everyone collaborating for school lunches so that that isn't what we're doing at 650, that we're actually sitting to breakfast. You know, all of those things are far deeper than the action that they're carrying. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just good to vocalize because, again, like other other listeners who are going through this transition into adulthood as a mom and daughter pair aren't working with school lunches anymore. Mm-hmm. But the pillars behind those expectations probably still matter. Yeah, expectations and values. And it's it's helpful to other people if you are able to be explicit about it, if I am able to be explicit and say, actually, it's a real value of mine that we sit together once a day and it doesn't even work in the evening because everybody's schedule is busy so that we're going to do it in the morning. And if it's hard for you to get to the kitchen early, the value that can change is, do I have to make my breakfast in the morning or could I make it the night before? And I do remember having lots of conversations about that in college or when you were in high school, like deciding, am I going to make my lunch with leftovers. In high school, it seems like you often took thermos or containers that were kind of leftovers from the night before, which is a lot easier. Yeah, almost always. That was also because I was gluten-free by then and leftovers are the best lunches for gluten-free people because we can't really have sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, your first first seven years of life were all sandwiches. <laughs> right. I mean, most of America is sandwiches. I just couldn't participate for a while. Yeah, yeah. I can participate again because gluten-free has evolved enough to have gluten-free bread. Yeah, nice, yummy gluten-free bread. So <laughs> there's other routines. I do think, truthfully, that the marketplace has, has made it sort of fun. I, I kind of enjoyed when you were young going to the store and saying we need a new folder. And your school provided a checklist of supplies that you needed. So mm-hmm. year after year. College often would, does too, yeah. We went to school and you, you got to choose what, what you were going to get. Public schools don't usually have such high... I, I remember it getting kind of expensive because the supplies were so extensive. <laughs> But they do they do help organizationally, but it's a little yeah, if you hadn't planned for it, guess what? This is what you should anticipate spending. I'm rereading Harry Potter right now and in book two when they get their school lists of supplies and Lockhart's the new teacher and he his like whole character is that he's a very self important man. And so he assigns them every book he's ever written as their textbook list for their one that one class. It's just so funny, like as an adult to read those books, you know, with kids are like, wow, like Lockhart asked for all those books. But it makes a comment in the book about how Molly Weasley's like, now I have to buy eight textbooks per child. And I have six children in this one household for this one class, you know, it's like just over the top. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an interesting thing. But it is fun. Did you remember it being fun, like choosing your folder oh, yeah. and like very exciting pencil cases? I mean, similar, my younger sister, who we heard from on the podcast a month ago is going to college now. And that's similar too. just like the planning and the color coordinating. And you all go like with your new backpack and everything's like pristine and you've promised yourself that you're going to be organized all year. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it is. It's fun to see how um, college systems have evolved to the technology that we usually have by our bedside nowadays. Like I noticed there is these like hanging bags that hang on your mattress with charging stations built in and things like that. So I think when you went to college, they hadn't quite evolved quite that fancy yet. You know, that's a good point. I had a bag hanging by my bed, but it was not electrical. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a ledge right now that's like a charging pad. It's crazy. Amazing. Probably not very good for your brain. <laughs> yeah, this is the, that's the technology that my grandkids are going to look back at us and be like, you guys were insane to do all that. Just like we do with with kit with people that 
smoked cigarettes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't know. They didn't know. So yeah, systems that it's helpful to check and put in place are, of course, your calendar system. Plot in the school events from the school calendar and figure out your school portal. All schools have a portal nowadays, it seems like. Oh, the troubleshooting of that. That's a good idea. And figuring out how are you going to do email and when are you going to do email. These are things if you can help your child understand them, then they can have more agency in them. Say this is going. I'm working with a 19 year old right now who has never had an email address. How did they survive? That's what I said. (laughs) And he literally was like, what are you talking about? We don't need email. I was like, you don't even have a school email? He said, no, we my teachers just message. They just message back and forth. I just, I mean, what a way to make me feel old. (laughs) Between 19 and 25, like the rest of the cast was like, you've never had an email? (laughs) He looked at us like we were crazy. Interesting. Yes. So there are lots of apps that people go directly through now. And Which is another thing to for. just like the portal to, yeah. It's a version. Like work, work up and set, set up. It's true. We've talked before about like how important it is to like minimize the like height of the threshold that you're going to have to cross. We've talked about that before when we would talk about like moving to college and, and then moving out into the world. This like, you know that there's going to be challenges regardless, but like, what do you do? It's, it's, it's less about knowing all the information and more about knowing the strategies to tackle things when they come. And that's a good example of that, that like preemptive look through the portal so that when you're really looking later, you have some semblance of where you're supposed to go. Oh, yeah, definitely. That makes help. And I love the formative conversation as much as possible with the child because it gives them agency. Well, I think I, we've gone talk, talked about this before, but when you're in sixth grade and, and we started to learn how to plot out how long your assignment, homework assignments would take, you really responded to that. You kind of jumped in and it resonated with you to say, okay, this is going to take 20 minutes. This is going to take 45 minutes. This is going to take 15. Did you order your homework based on how hard it was? That's interesting. I'm. It's interesting to hear you say that I resonated with it because I, I guess I did because it was just me thinking about it. I found it helpful. I, I didn't really, it didn't occur to me that other people might not have liked it so much. <laughs> I don't know if I ordered it. I'm sure that I did. I know we had lots of conversations and some of them were more frustrating than others, depending on how much I wanted to dig my heels in in a day. But (laughs) I mean, that's one of the the things that I have found most helpful the rest of my life. You know, it was like the reason that those wild amounts of homework were made me successful has very little to do with the homework and a lot more to do with the time management that you in tandem with it taught me because, Mm -hmm. yeah, we we spent a lot of time looking at that and I got pretty accurate at estimating how long something was going to take based on its difficulty and my focus level and all that kind of stuff. I always appreciated the back to school nights to get a glance at the curriculum from the teachers and kind of know, oh, there's a big project in November and there's a big project in April. (laughs) Like be prepared for it. That that helped me. The long range planning is something that kids that's abstract to kids. And what I think teachers do sometimes in elementary school, teachers break like like they say, you're going to rewrite a report and we're going to write one chapter a week. So they break it down for the child. And the child really has like no concept that that's actually 
time management practice. That's an executive skill. Yeah, they don't really name it, but it is really helpful. It's just like the transition from the teacher doing that for you to you doing it is always like kind of up steep hill to climb still. But if teachers don't make it explicit, then people don't know it. So the I do, we do, you do concept of yeah, teaching. Yeah, the we do has to be there. Yeah. And the uh, yeah, the we do together. Like, this is what I'm doing. Guess what? <laughs> I made your life easy because I just made you turn in a little bit at a time. And um, yeah, going just from I do to you do doesn't work. Oh, no. Then it's like, oh, what, what, do I, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. So let's pull it forward now toward current life, adult Mm -hmm. to adult. It's so interesting to hear you say that like the back to school night was really, really helpful. That makes sense. What it basically is, is like context for the larger part of the year and what to expect and how best to support your child as they are a student this year. Even the ability to have like a little conversation with you with like a little a little information, you know, like if I would say, how's your day? And you say, fine. If I knew that this was American history year or world history year, then I would be I could say, what country are you learning about? What civilization are you learning about? Some kind of context. Absolutely. So it's nice to know that when you're going to talk about the transition back to school with your college student, where now, you know, this it's like just higher stakes or, or bigger fish to fry where you have instead of just gone from like kids camp in the summer back to school with lunches every day. You've gone from the like slightly tenuous, although very joyful, like your child is back in your own house, but now they're kind of a grown up and they don't know. I, like summer through college is always this weird, like where are the boundaries and how much do you have a say in what I do all the time? Because you haven't had a say in what I do for six months at school situation, but then they just leave again. So it seems like, again, formative conversation or like back to school conversation with your young adult child would also be really beneficial. And teachers, you know, I'm not meeting with professors anymore. So I don't get handed a syllabus (laughs) for the class when you go to college. So it actually requires more effort on my part. So this is where it's like a two way street. Like if I want to be involved in your life and know what you're doing, it benefits me to actually write down what classes you're taking or like put some actual mind share, not just have it go in one ear and out the other in a conversation, which is something adults do because we're in busy life. We're just like talking in passing, not really paying attention or thinking about it. Not everybody really thinks about what everybody else says to the point of like digesting it, as we say. And with busy parents that are kind of like coming in and out of their kids' lives, I do recommend writing it down. Don't make your mind try to like hold on to the information that you're not going to access very often. Yeah. We we come across so much content. It's just like make your life easier by writing it down. But also that said, I think there were a lot of instances in college where you were ready to write it down to be intentional and it would it took like more convincing from of me to, to like share that information and sort of like understand why you would care. Because mm-hmm. I think from my end, there was a lot of like, what are you talking about? I'm halfway across the country. I'm just going to live my life and it'll be fine. Right. So That's a good point. In those, they're, they're, those are like the two versions of the same conversation, depending on, you know, what the receptivity is from each person. I, yeah. I feel like, again, as we've often said, sort of like 
delivering those kinds of desires or or beginning formative conversations with the shared value underneath is what makes that more effective. Mm. It's one thing for mom to ask, what's your school schedule like this year? When are your big projects? And when are your big performances, you know, for someone like me? And I think that that could sound to your college student like it was a little helicoptery. What do you, I'm a college student. I don't, you don't need to know. But if mom says, I really want to be able to keep up with your life and support you and be like actively interested in your life. And so mm. what I'd like to do is be able to like keep track of where you are in your school system. So I know how to ask more intentional questions to you. Do you mind sharing some of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's very delicate. And I definitely have been coached against like asking you, you know, what are your classes? When are your projects due? I, I don't recommend that at all. <laughs> that's too. So at that point, that's too specific. Yeah. It's too helicoptery. It's too micromanaging. But asking you, what are you learning? What's just tell me the name of your class. I don't need the syllabus. Mm-hmm. I just need to know the name of the class and like a, a description, the, the the top paragraph description of the class that would help me out. And then, and what are you learning? What are you looking forward to in that class? What do you, what kinds of things do you share? Is there anything that's exciting you about that class? Just a lot more open-ended questions at that point. Because mm-hmm. I'm not managing whether or not you turn in your assignments. No, that some- is parents are and that's something that they've got to like work even further to differentiate from but no you weren't like that the the intention again behind it was like I want to be interested in your life yeah and I don't know I think I knew here and there what your assignments were but or what your class I don't even know what most of your classes were no but I know that there were times when I'd be like oh my gosh I've got this big paper and then I'm just telling you about it and that is the goal right? That why I would just tell you about things. Yeah, totally. And I think that the same is true as you transition out of college into life the last three years with us, you know, like, I don't know. I did. Have we had any back to school conversations? I think so. We often do it at Christmas time, you know, Mm -hmm. where we'll like do a Sabbath reflection for the year and then Mm -hmm. we'll like look forward at what are the sort of milestones you're expecting in the year? Where are you? Do you already have travel planned or what are you Mm -hmm. excited for? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a nice thing to look back, look forward, kind of what we just did with your birthday. Yeah. Back and look forward. I got that model from my dad who once a year, usually around New Year's, he would say, okay, let's write down the five goals from the year. Physical goal, an intellectual goal, a spiritual goal, a, I don't know, travel goal or a financial goal, something like that. I remember that. that. You did that with us for a while too. Yeah. Yeah. Just one idea. We used to open it like six months later when it was hot and sunny on the lake. So that was Mm, nice. That's Um, cool. The season's changing drastically in Minnesota made it a little bit more obvious. True. That's true too. I love that about the East Coast and the middle of the the country. One thing that this is a sort of biblical concept from this for this scenario, but like the concept of building an altar Mm. or it is one that a lot of people do. And definitely there's stories of it in the Bible as just like a recognition of, of a milestone. You know, you put rocks down here you build a small altar you like do something physical you put this something in a physical place Mm -hmm. in recognition and gratitude of what has happened and then like so that you don't forget it it's like a place of remembrance Mm -hmm. and it is like turning the page of a book like and a new and now we'll always go back 
in like that's our new time stamp, you know? Yes. Oh, but it was before this altar was built. It was after this altar was built, you know, whatever. And I think that that is maybe just like another metaphor for why it's important to talk through something like the back to school transition, even if we have an episode on it every year, even if you're past <laughs> your back to school days, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not in my schooling days anymore, but we still think about back to school season because it is the altar that we built every year, <laughs> mm. you know, and it, it is it is it'll always be important. That'll always be like part of the way that we think in America, at least about time. Mm-hmm. I think as long as there's children in our midst at some place, the back to school will be at least on the periphery. It's probably the most on the periphery this year that it has been in a long time. But um, you do have two sisters going off to college. But your schedule, actually, you you, you were hired seasonally for six months. And yeah, you're, I happen you're to be s- kind of back on a school schedule. Because <laughs> <laughs> summer is ending. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So I, I love that. Time of Wonder book by Robert McCloskey, where he says we go, you know, time to leave the coming and going of the tide to the ringing of the school bus bell or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very poetic. <laughs> I don't have the quote right at all, but it, it but was... But everyone should go read Time of Wonder. It's great. <laughs> it was it was the back and forth of the, the summer season by the lake or by the ocean and um, the fall season with the school bus. And if it doesn't feel like that transitional season, you know, if you're like enough into adulthood with your parent for that not to be effective, there's going to be another transition at some point and mm-hmm. they will still absolutely appreciate the back to school-esque conversation, you know, mm-hmm. just like the the overview, the context of your life is, I think, important for b- like both people, like the person that wants to share your life and for you personally to know what you're looking forward to. I, I like saying that it's like a timestamp, like we we have seasonal markers on other things, maybe not just related to weather, but um, in Minnesota, the state fair season is big season the last two weeks of August. And it's it's not that it's like back to school season, it's state fair season. <laughs> so that's pretty special. Um, it's true. But time, whatever the timestamp is, it, yeah, it's really helpful. Yeah. Well, so it, happy back to school or whatever else you're doing this yeah, year. Yeah, happy back to school. It's fun to talk about updating the routines, reinstating routines. Mm-hmm. Collaborating on them. Yeah. All right, Ingrid, have a good week. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hi Mom, Let's Talk. If you liked hanging out with us, please rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback and your support. You can find more relationship tools on our website, HiMomPodcast.com. If you'd like to suggest a topic or share your own story, you can DM us on Instagram at HiMomPodcast or write us through our website. Special thanks to Sienna Ryder for editing our podcast. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon.